Hey guys, thanks for checking us out. This is Heroes Home Base Podcast. And you are listening to episode 31. Boom. Hey guys, this is Rob. Hey guys, this is Mark. Welcome to another show, guys. This is Rich. Welcome to another show, guys. This is Rich. <laughs> episode so, thir- episode 31. 31, boys. That's 31. Awesome. I remember when I was 31 years old. So do I. <laughs> so young and dumb. At well, 31. <laughs> I think it's uh, worth mentioning that, uh, well, way before this episode goes live, we've already celebrated our one-year anniversary, fellas. Isn't that something? One whole year. We've really come a long way. Yeah. Trust me. I edited those episodes. We've come a long way. (laughs) Yeah, I believe it. When did we drop? August or September? We dropped September 22nd, 2019. So, yeah, it's been a year. A couple weeks back. (laughs) It's uh, hard to believe there, fellas. Um, I think I want to mention this before we uh, start talking about what we're going to talk about um it's been a while since we p- talked to uh mr paul jenkins and he his kickstarter came out uh a couple weeks ago um i need to check and see i keep getting emails but i did sign up for his fairy quest kickstarter to get like the first three issues of it and i'm sure there's a bunch of other things in it but it's it's through Indiegogo, I believe, is the Kickstarter program that he went through. But I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. And uh, it looks looks like they were getting, like, Gib shared it. And he sh- and he shared it after Gib said something. And I, like, got my card out and bought it right away. So nice. I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to – I think they said that it ships in January. So the nice. whole the whole set will ship in January. Did you I buy it straight from him or through Gib? I bought it through that Kickstarter program. So nice. Okay. But yeah. Very cool. I did buy the first book from Gib from Laughing Ogre and I I absolutely loved it. So sometime in the near future when we uh possibly see Mr. Jenkins, I'll definitely be getting a signature on that. But yeah. So anyway, well, I'm still, think, what's I'm going still on thinking about that conversation. That was really good. I enjoyed it immensely. That was a great conversation with Paul Jenkins. Absolutely. Very talented, very versatile guy, storyteller, musician, artist, teacher. Very much a storyteller, very approachable in his conversation. I enjoyed talking with him. Video game developer. Let's not forget about that. My God. Yeah. Patent or copyright lawyer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. (laughs) Honorary lawyer. (laughs) So uh, what's been going on, guys? Do a little catch up here. I've been all about the three jokers, baby. That is what I have been thinking about, and that's what I've been reading. Man, you know, just when I thought, because you know, for me on the podcast, I've always been Marvel, a Marvel fan for the most part. But these past couple of months with Batman Hush and then the Court of Owls and now Three Jokers, Batman is I he's definitely I'm in that lane. I'm in that Batman lane. He's such an awesome detective. And I thought after Hush, I wouldn't, or after Court of Owls, I would never find another Batman story. And then Hush came along, and now Three Jokers came along. He's such, I mean, they, the writers of these stories are just, do such a great job of, of 
showcasing his detective skills because each page is such a page turner because you're seeing him put together the case. Do you, you know? did we talk on the show about you reading Hush yet? Like, or do we want to save that down the line and maybe just do like an overall review? I know Rob and I had what selected issues from that storyline in our top 10. That was my number one was what what the heck was 608 uh so do you want to talk a little bit about that or do you want to wait and then maybe rob and i could reread that and then we could just do a deep dive in the future or let's do a deep dive in the future okay so give me some context here where did the three jokers come from like i know that this book has been it was like it was announced a long time ago like 2013 yeah and it never it was never in development but can I just say that I wish, I wish it was more than three issues. You know what I mean? As I'm reading it, you know, I was going to ask, is it only going to be three? It's only going to be three. Each issue is 48 pages. I wish it was more than that because, you know, Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok just, I mean, I mentioned in the past how on past episodes that there really haven't been that kind of writer artist combination. And that completely retract that because with these three Batman stories that I've read, the the writer combi- the writer artist combinations on these Batman stories, Hush Owls and Jokers have been awesome. Well Fabok seems to be drawing stuff like it was in the seventies. Like yeah, his that. Batgirl is, is like vintage. Very, yeah, very much vintage. And I and, and her her bike her on the bike is totally screams vintage. That's how I felt when I first saw that. So Rob, you're right. I felt that way completely, especially in the second issue when she's riding along, talking to him about Jason Todd, that picture of her on the bike screams vintage 70s, uh, 1970s Batgirl. I mean, that I, he was awesome. I mean, the detail of it, of it is awesome. He's just a great, great, great artist. And Jeff Johns is doing a great job writing it. I mean, each I'm excited to see what happens on, on on the next page. Yeah. I wish the story was longer. I wish it was more issues because I'm just so excited to go to the store. I want to to pick it up on my lunch hour. Well, like, dude, explain to me the whole black label thing. Like, I get, it's like DC's adult material. Uh, DC closed the door on their Vertigo line. And now it is, it, everything mature readers funnels through black label. So it would have been formerly under Vertigo? Yes. Uh, But initially, Vertigo really didn't have superheroes. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, it was kind of, I think I was pretty sure it was uh, Jenkins that said that, well, we don't really do superheroes through through this line. That's where Alan, a lot of Alan Moore stuff, like V for Vendetta was Vertigo. Uh, all of all of Hellblazer, all all of Hellblazer was Vertigo, um, mm-hmm. and I know that the current run of Hellblazer for John Constantine, um, I don't know, I th- I want to say it got it was in the pile of of uh, stories that were getting canceled when all those DC all that DC news came out, but they might be re- redoing it. But yeah, Vertigo got shut down and that's when they decided to go with Black Label. And the first real launch into Black that's Label was... Damned. Damned. Yes. Yeah, I remember I remember it being on that cover. So I don't know, I, this just, you know, being still not as an avid collector as I used to be, I'm kind of out of the, the works on some of those details. But you know, the story, it's, it is a mature story. Sure. Is very mature, and I, and I think that's what I like about it so much. I mean, man, if they turn this into a novel, I would love that. I would buy it and harpy and read it in like a day. You know what I mean? It's just, that's how well it's written. 
Okay, so screams the killing uh, joke. It very much so. Very much so. You know, I mean, and spoilers if anybody hasn't read it yet. But in this particular issue, the second issue, they really, when Jason Todd is in Batgirl's apartment and he sees her stack of self-help books from when she was shot and paralyzed and he sees the wheelchair, that, I don't think we've seen that before in any issue since she's been paralyzed. So that kind of like in a sense, normalized her for me because she's such a strong, solid character. And the fact that she had to read up on forgiveness and physical therapy and, you know, those yeah. kind of things, I was like, wow, like that really, that was such a, that really stood out for me. So I really, really enjoyed that. I feel like Jeff Johns went from the nine page grid for Doomsday Clock that he got the inspiration from Watchmen. And now this book is written in a nine page grid. So it's kind of cool to see those. It's I I I like I like that structure, and it, I don't know. There's just something about it where you just follow along, but you see all the little tiny details in the background, and I, I just like it. So yeah, this is this is uh, something that I found on IGN. So by the time the Batman the Three Jokers number one hit stores, it it'll have been four years since John. Johns and Fabok first teased the three Joker storyline in 2016, Justice League number 50, and over two years since the three Jokers was officially announced. Justice League number 50 revealed that there have actually been three distinct versions of Joker over the years. Batman has had such a hard time uncovering his true identity. DC has also released new cover art spotlighting each Joker in turn, with the three villains acting out the three wise monkey maxim. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. You can see those covers and more new art in the gallery below. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So, this has been a long time coming. So, since 2016. So, we're going on four years. Four years. Well, it's a great story. It really, really is. And, I mean, what the in the first issue, what screamed attention to detail for me was when Alfred was patching Batman up and they went through his, how he got all those scars and they went to the past and showed him, you know what I mean? How he got mm -hmm. all those scarrings and markings. And, and that was really, that was awesome. I thought that was excellent. I, I really liked the detail on Barbara's torso with a bullet wound. Yeah. I like the part where she burn up a fucking treadmill at the gym. So <laughs> to to back up, so again, this is just my ignorance because I haven't been, you know, collecting with some of these things were addressed. So is Barbara not being Oracle anymore a new 52 development? I want to say yes, but I could be wrong. Like how is she not paralyzed anymore? I think that happened earlier somewhere in the new 52, but I don't know because I, you, I'm like you. I'm out of it too. So in the new 52, I think that goes back to 2011, right? Yeah, it's early, mid-2000s. So I, I'm out of it too, Rob. But I think that's what happened, but I don't know. Like, didn't she take some experimental drug or some shit? Looking to you for some research there, bruh. But I also have some other also really exciting Batman news. Hold on a second, Mark. Let me uh, let me read this article from Den of Geeks. It kind of it'll kind of answer you guys's questions and lay the foundation for um, what the whole situation with New Fifty Two and Batgirl. Which I'm surprised I don't know this because this was Kim's whole shopping list when we went to NYCC. She wanted to collect all the New 52 Batgirls, but I didn't read it yet. So let me just go over this since you posed the question. 
as some of you may know, the predecessor for Babs' recovery from her paralysis, returning to Batgirl role, but fans who haven't read the new 52 Batgirl comics might be slightly confused. So let's break down how Barbara's back in the suit. After being paralyzed by the Joker during the events of Alan Moore and Brian Bullard's controversial never-meant-to-be-canon Batman comic, The Killing Joke, Babs took on the mantle of Oracle, providing technical support and intel to DC's most beloved heroes. Intelligence, dynamic, and powerful Oracle became a mainstay in both DC Comics and animated universes, but during 2011's New 52 comic reboot, DC decided it wanted her to be Batgirl again, leaning into the trope of magically curing disabilities for narrative reasons. While a wheelchair-used Batgirl would, uh, would have been super cool, that didn't fit the DC's vision for a young hip hero who apparently had to use her legs to save the cool Burnside neighborhood of Gotham. It was later revealed in the pages of Batgirl that Babs had undergone an experimental surgery which allowed her to walk again. So yes, to answer your question, Rob, it was the New 52 reboot. So the New 52 reboot, she had an experimental surgery, which allowed her to suit back up. Use her legs again, yeah. So does she split responsibilities between Batgirl and Oracle now, or is Oracle a side hustle? Um, Like I said, I didn't read the New 52 uh, Batgirl that Kim collected, but when when I did reactivate my poll, I did add the Rebirth Batgirl. And I did read quite a few of those, and it's funny now that we're talking about this because uh, Batman 100 just came out, uh, James Tynion's 100 issue. We were we kind of briefly discussed that with the new Punchline character. There is hints at the end of this book, no spoilers, that she could very well be Oracle again. She kind of takes up an Oracle's... She basically sits back down in the chair and behind the monitor in this particular issue. So I don't know if that's the direction they're going to take Batgirl in the future. I know that the title has been canceled by DC, so they may just be working her way back in as via Oracle again. So we could, it's funny that we're talking about it. So that could be the direction they're going to go. But again, to answer your question, no, she had no affiliation as Oracle in the Rebirth books at all. She was just strictly Batgirl defending Burnside. Interesting. That was such a solid character for so long, so many years. Yeah. What else you got there, Mark? Well, I don't know if you guys heard, but there is going to be, and it's produced by Phantom 4 Productions, which is run by, um, is owned by David S. Goyer, who we know who wrote Man of Steel, and he also co-wrote Batman vs. Superman. His company is developing and producing a new, it's called Batman Unburied. Did you guys hear about this? No. It's a new new podcast exploring the darker aspects of Bruce Wayne. It's supposed to be debuting in 2021, and this is the first project under a multi-year pact inked by Spotify, Warner Brothers, and DC for a line of narrative-scripted podcasts nice so it's going to be just basically like storytelling i believe so it's narrative and it's scripted um podcast on tape yeah and it's called batman unburied and they're supposed and it's exploring the darker side of bruce wayne's psychology is what they said down for that 
So I'm really excited about that next year, you know, because as I was reading up on it, it kind of reminded me of how things were in the 1930s and 20s and 40s, how people would gather around the radio and listen because yeah. we didn't have television. Right. So that's kind of what it made me think like it's going to be like, or if that's the case, I, I'm so down for it. Make sure you get your cornflakes or whatever those old... Your oval teen, baby. Because it's like, you. did you guys ever watch uh, Mar um, Marvel's Miss Carter? Uh-uh. Or Agent Carter? Agent Carter from, from Marvel? Because it was, you know, Peggy Carter from Captain America. And it's set right. back in the 40s. And so they had a Ralph Garman... That was Garman. on, what, ABC? Yeah. Ralph Garman, who's friends with Kevin Smith that does Babylon with Kevin Smith, he does different voices. So they would do like a voice of Captain America. So he'd be like, look out, Cap. And then they take their hand and like, but you know, <laughs> so this, oh, like over the radio, you know, so I hope that that's what it's going to be like. I, I really think that it's going to be really awesome. I'm really excited to, it's called Look Batman. out, Mark. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, or they, you know, I'm really excited. It's called Batman Unburied. It's supposed to be debuting in 2021. And I think it's going to be really great. You know, da you know David S. Goyer is an awesome writer. He's brought us such great films so far. And I am excited to see how this... I always need something new and, and interesting to listen to on my podcast library. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. I mean, I look forward to sitting in the house and just listening to it and being engulfed by it. If it's scripted and it's if it's in like a narrative, you know. I mean, we're, we're delving into Bruce Wayne's psychology. I mean, that's yeah. going to be awesome. And also, there's going to be, and I believe the first episode dropped on the 30th. But there is a new James Bond No Time to Die podcast. Really, and it's a six-part podcast series that goes behind the scenes. It interviews the stars, the crew, the lighting, the key grip guy, all that stuff <laughs> about grip. you know all that. So it's all about no time to die, and goes into James Bondy's kind of stuff. And so I'm excited to listen to that. Um, hey, speaking of that, I heard a I, I read somewhere it was probably on the interwebs and not really reliable. I guess um, the interwebs. Cavill said he expressed interest in playing 007 um, mm. when they're around for another actor change after Mr. Craig's done. Well, I'll also, just to, I want to add to that, Rob, but also this No Time to Die, I think it got pushed back. <laughs> just like everything. <laughs> I'm sure it did. So, Rich, <laughs> what I'm hearing Moving here, along, uh, what I'm hearing is Mark is a late bloomer to the bat books the batman party he's the late yeah. bloomer he's he's I'm, I'm sensing a conversion here not a complete conversion well but you know you're still i'm a late bloomer you're yeah you're a marvel guy or a marvel guy at heart i'll i i love you for that but uh i'm 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 gotten warm and but fuzzy I'm inside you're, but i'm picky a... i'm a picky batman newcomer because if the artwork ain't matching the story then i ain't getting it it all it all has to add up because so far i've had i've had three aces with hush owls and jokers i've all they've all been right but if one of them is jacked up i ain't reading it so i was talking to mark uh away from the show and i feel that we need to do a segment on here that we kind of do like a book club Book club corner. Book club corner. More or less where we go back and we read really good because uh, if it ain't good, Mark ain't even taking the time. That's right. Where That's we go right. back and we 
we read really, really good story arcs. So I feel that Mark just read Hush, so maybe that'll be our first one. So Rob and I need to reread Hush again because it's been a few years since I read that. And then we can just do like a, an overall review on the show. And then uh, again, we can we can take, just like we do our Who Would Win segment, we could take suggestions from listeners as to what are some of their favorite storylines and then you know we can give it a we can give it a read and then maybe even have them on the show to review why it's their favorite so i think that that will be pretty cool sounds good to me so i think we should put that i think uh next next episode when the three of us are together we could do a uh a review of hush so homework boys mark you just read it so you can just go over the things that you loved about it and then you know we'll do a deep deep dive and dissection and Put it back together. I think that'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. And also in some new 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 excuse me, in some new news, um, Black the Black Adam movie where the rock yes. is gonna be playing Black Adam, they have their Hawkman, Aldous Hodge. Yeah, I saw that. that is gonna be playing Hawkman. So I mean, man, they've done I think they're gonna be awesome. I mean, we don't we've seen Hawkman on the small screen on Legends, yeah. Legends of Tomorrow on CW. We've seen him there. He looked great there. I can imagine what they're going to do, man, with a large budget and yeah. in a movie. He's going to look awesome, I'm certain. And I also finished the Killing Joke novel. I finished yeah. that up. So that was good. Um, I flew through that. Again, excellent writing. Great novel. Can't wait to get up my hands on something else. How many days did it take you to read that, Mark? It took me about because I had work and stuff, and I had took me about four. Normally, it takes me about two or three. Two or three days? Yeah. Jesus. You're like show quitter Kim over here. I'm telling you, once I'm ready, I'm rolling, I'm gone. Nice. Um, so what is that? The novelization of Alan Moore's The Killing Joke? Alan Moore's book? Correct. They added a little something extra in there that wasn't in the original to kind of uh, give it a little twist to fill it up a bit. But um, it was still. Where good. is that twist? They added um, a thing called giggle sniff. Batman wasn't fucking Barbara on the roof, was he? He was not. <laughs> they added a drug called giggle sniff that is mixed with the Joker's poison, and that was on the streets, and people were getting high and addicted to it, and people were just getting high and high, and it's just like it was out of control. And so Harvey Bullock played a role in in in, in that. We kind of see him kind of get a little dirty and. That was just kind of like the middle kind of part to kind of fill it up a bit. Was this drug on the street called Giggle Sniff? Uh, other news that uh, bring it back to Rob mentioned Mr. Cobble. Um, I read that the Trinity has signed on to do additional shoots for Mr. Zack Snyder and his Justice League cut. For Ooh. So Gal, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, and I actually I think Ray Fisher also. Um, they're all going to come back and do a few additional scenes and or do a couple reshoots or something like that. So I don't know what so that So does that means. mean we are getting the mustache scene reshot? Huh. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, if we're going with Zack Snyder's cut, there is no mustache shot. That was all Josh Whedon's reshoots because he didn't have a mustache when Zack Snyder shot the film. So that shit doesn't even exist. So... Yeah, so maybe kind of like what we were talking about when they talked about this is are we going to be asking questions and we know this is going to be a standalone 
there's no sequel to it. So maybe Zach is doing the tying everything up and, you know, closing it all out and giving us everything we need. All our answers or our questions answered. God, I'm really struggling tonight. Jesus. (laughs) It is late. I thought that was pretty exciting. Absolutely. No, man, this is going to be a whole other movie. You know what I mean? It's going to be like night and day almost. Mm -hmm. So to back up a little bit on Mark's, um, killing joke book and everything i we've talked uh i think about the court of owls for like the last 15 episodes but i just want our listeners to know that i finally finished the book and that's like (laughs) the first time in like five years that i've finished a book started a lot of books but yes thank you for that that pathetic clap there rich um no i I, I uh books either man I uh, I you make start... it sound like it's cool not to read or something. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I don't I, read I, books. I start <laughs> a lot of books and I never finish them. So I gotta say, Mister Cox like nailed the last twenty pages. It was like a fucking page turner for sure. I'm like, wasn't it awesome? Well, my problem was I tried to read it on the bus going from my car to my to the building I work in, and it's like a ten minute commute so it was like as soon as i got into the meat and potatoes i had to put it down so it was kind of a tease so i always felt like whenever i did read a book (laughs) i feel that when you finish when you finish reading it and then you put it down and then you know you go on throughout your day or whatever and you find yourself wanting to go back and it's like you miss a friend because it's over I always felt that if you had that feeling after finishing a book and it was almost sad that you were done with it, then you know it was a really good book. But if you like struggle, that. if you struggle to pick it up or you stop halfway through the book and you, you don't find yourself yearning to pick it back up, then it's not as great as, you know, one that has you glued to it. Obviously, like you said, you've got other things going on and it just takes you longer to read it. But like when it's done, it's done and you're like, oh, I, I kind of miss batman and i kind of miss uh the court of owls and who was the who was the muse that greg forgot her name on the show lydia doyle <laughs> lydia doyle thank you you miss lydia doyle so yeah I, I i totally get that rob man i tell you if they did a novelization i'm sure somebody will don the line a novelization of the three jokers i can't wait to pick that bad boy up mm. yeah i have to say it's probably my first reading of a novelized like story i do think um it was really helpful to go back and read the the comics because i would have been kind of at a loss to know what the labyrinth looked like you know i would have had to just kind of make that up in my head and it was good to at least have a, a an understanding of what his ordeal was like to make sense of the sequence at the end so that yeah. i was i was grateful for that but i i mean if you can't read the comics, it's still a standalone story that was really good. So, Absolutely. Glad you finished it and glad you liked it. Yeah. And we got to talk to him, the actual author. How awesome is that? It is it's good. I, uh, I think I'm going to do Mad Love next, but I, I got Dr. Doug to purchase that one. So hopefully we'll be able to get him on and we'll talk about it then. So. That's how I feel. Like Rich said, it's like saying goodbye to a friend. Yeah. When I love a book, or a comic book, I want to go out and buy it for other people. Yeah. Like I immediately, t- I want to buy it 
for other people. I immediately came on here and told you guys to read it. And look, you know what I mean? You may not necessarily love it, but I feel like I have to share this awesome story, whatever it is that I'm reading with other people. Yeah. Um, Thank God for podcasts and platforms right, like this. Right. Um, I guess let's go back to uh, about movies getting pushed back. So what do we know that got pushed back? So the biggest one, obviously, it is we should have already seen Wonder Woman for its pushed back date a couple, what, three days ago? Do you say it's ago. Christmas now? Now it's on Christmas Day. So granted, that sucks that we got to wait even longer. But the good news is you're going to be home for Christmas. So now it's going to be like the good old days to where we can all go to the movie theater together and watch this movie. Correct. Right. So kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess. So that got, yeah. One woman got pushed back to Christmas, which I'm, I'm excited to see it with you guys, you know? So, I, and it's so funny because you mentioned the good old days, but Rob, I don't know if we ever told you this, but we're so in sync with each other as far as our enthusiasm to go see these movies that when, when Suicide Squad came out, we didn't know this, but I was here in New York and obviously Rich and Kim were in Columbus. We saw the movie at the exact same time. And when we got out, we got out at the exact same time and we ended up calling each other. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and we like, did you just see, wait a second, we just got out of the movie. So I was like, I just got out of the movie too. So we saw it, we went in and saw it at the exact same time and got out at the exact same time and didn't even know it until we got out and immediately we called each other to That's tell funny. each other how the movie was. Yeah, so we're very much in sync. So yeah, it'll be awesome to see this movie together. I can't wait. And James Bond got pushed back to April of 2021. So this year, as far as movies, boy, I tell you, everything just kind of went down the toilet kind of be expected though but we um it'll it'll be good for us to see it together and compare notes and just to relive that enthusiasm enthusiasm with watching it with each other you know yeah and i'd like to do like i talked to rob about this like i'd like to get uh dr doug on the show to review the movies coming out like have a little uh corner yeah dr doug's corner movies coming out movie reviews because he brought a lot of really good insights to the show when we interviewed him and i thought that was really really cool Agreed. So, all right. So, do we want to dive into this three jokers so far? Yeah. So, I love how they did different covers. So, when I immediately saw, I read, I was reading, you know, up on it, and I immediately saw that there was going to be a Batgirl cover. I'm like, oh man, I hope it's not like I immediately called Midtown Comics and be like, and I was like, is this going to be a limited edition cover? They're like, no, we'll have hundreds of copies. I said, okay, great, because I was afraid that. I wasn't going to get this copy and we all know how much I love me some Barbara Gordon. So I went on my lunch break and picked it up. And I thought that because she was on the cover, they were going to go deeper into a particular story with her, but they didn't. They it was just continued on from the first issue, which was great. But I love the covers. I love the covers. I think, I think Jason Fabok just is so detail oriented and so awesome. And I, they were like Rich and I were saying before we, before the show, we think there were like eight covers to the second issue. Yeah, like there's six a bunch. to eight. There's a bunch. And I wanted to buy them all, but I'm like, okay, it's the same story, just different cover. I can't get So it. what is just striking to me is issue one with the crowbar. It screams the Joker face from the 89 Batman movie. Oh yeah. Like, remember where the scene where Jack Nicholson's with the two models and then, you know, I you know, feel he, like Jason Fabach's Batman minus the tall ears and the cow like keaton really is it yes it speaks keaton to me yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no i'm i'm with you i just 
I think the um, the scene where Keaton's watching TV and then you know Joker hijacks the news studio and then he's got the Joker face rotating. That's like the cover. Obviously, the um, the Killing Joke cover is pretty freaky. I guess would be the best word. Like where his eye is just kind of visible. Freaky as well. I guess I don't know. It's a very no. I I think you're totally right, Rob. As I'm holding it in my hand and looking at it, it's very much that Jack Nicholson 89 face. Um, also with all the blood and even with a little bit of blood on Batgirl's cowl, it's very, very, and I said this earlier, it's a very mature cover. You know what I mean? It's very mm-hmm. violent, but it's mature. And it's just kind of like Joe goes to show you how crazy the Joker is. Um, before we go any further, um, this was going on a month. So in preparation for the first issue to come out. I remember seeing a a story on Bleeding Cool about how a store in Canada, which is where Jason Vobach is from, was charging people $50 a comic to have him sign it. And he had no idea that they were doing this. So he was trying to promote the Three Jokers. uh, Like, obviously, it had just come out, and he was signing it. And found out after the fact that this whole store like so if you wanted to have a couple things signed by him it was $50 a book that they were charging for him to sign it like I would like as a fan I you know and he did a whole apology video on his uh, Facebook page apologizing to the fans he had no idea that this wow the store was doing that and humans are awful people (laughs) shame on that store yeah so uh, I know that he said that he was like, uh, you should look that up on his on his Facebook page, his apology video, where he was like, you know, if you spent the money on something like that, you know, maybe we can give you some stuff from my store, and it it was pretty cool. Sorry, I, I, I felt no, that, that was nice of him. him. Yeah, absolutely. This is artwork. Now, if we go to Wakanda and we see him, I'm totally having him sign my stuff. I first I first recognize or first come to know him when he did the uh Batman button uh covers like uh right after rebirth and it was that lenticular cover where it would, you know, change. I was pretty dynamic. Kim likes to take credit. I'm sorry. Show quitter Kim likes to take credit that she found Jason Fabok first, but you know. I know he's got a very modern yet vintage look. Agreed. And his artwork, it's just, it screams like, look at this modern story. But then I'm assuming he did some recreations of some of those panels from like the killing joke. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just spot on. And then obviously the uh, the panel of Jason Todd with the death and the family issue, that was also like spot on. So here, I'll just read you this, guys, from the Bleeding Cool article. It says, the three Jokers artist Jason Faubach attended a signing at Woodbridge Heroes in Woodbridge, Ontario, for the Batman Three Jokers. He is touring a number of comic book stores, but this one didn't go so well. There was a $50 minimum signing fee, and Jason didn't seem to know about that. So it says, when he found out, he posted a video on his Instagram feed apologizing and adding regret and upset to his Instagram post that promoted the signing. Both have been deleted, but the video can still be watched on YouTube. I have learned that this store here was up charging you guys an insane amount of money for a signature. That's not what I'm about. I originally asked. I just wanted 10 bucks. I was going to I was going to do two for for free and 10 after that. 
and I learned that these guys were charging way too much money. So if you were charged the money to do this that came out here and you paid the full price, what these guys are charging came back out. So if you were charged, Bleeding Cool's website is insane with the amount of ads that just pop up while you're trying to read something. Hmm. So if you were charged the money to do this, that you came out here and you paid the full price, what, the, what these guys are charging, come back out here. I'm going, I'm going to stay till 6.30 or 7. I'm going to sign whatever books that you have. If you paid the full price, I'll do five books for free. So come out. I'm sorry. Like I just learned about this stuff and I see you guys are angry and I disagree with what they've done. Totally disagree. That's not who I am. And if you can't come back, if you can't come back, email Mandy at comicsketchcart.com and ask her about this little deal that we're doing. You guys can either mail in the books that that you will pay for posted uh, later and then maybe hook you up with a deal or send you back some money or whatever because I want to make it right. So That's wow. very big of him. So after two days of contact with Woodbridge Heroes, they told Bleeding Cool that they had decided not to comment on the situation at this <laughs> time. Here's the signature price in question. You can see, you can be the judge for yourself and read the Instagram post for all the comments over the deleted. It says Jason Fabach signing fee. So they made it out like he was the one wanting that. It says package, package four, one signature on a book or collectible. $50 per item. Heroes customers only. If you have purchased all five books at our store, you can get all five books signed for $200. Jiminy. All CDC books will be shipped from Woodbridge Heroes once all books are back from CDC. They're about to hurt business. That's fucking bullshit, man. Like, that's man. some dirty shit. It's not like the store isn't going to make money off of selling these books when the artist is in-house. Like, uh, 50 bucks? I mean, how much did you pay to have the great Chris Claremont signed your X-Men 101. $10 is for like a donation? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, people are, you know, fans, but I just, people that's, will, that's, who, that's it's just kind of sad that, you know, it is shady business because not all comic book stores are not, are not like that. Not, not you know, obviously as an artist, he's not like that. That speaks ill on comic stores and artists, you know, because artists realize that people love, 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 love their work. And they're not going to, I don't think an artist would do that. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I would be willing to drop $200 to have him do a sketch or pick up a, you know, a cover or something. But sign something that I've already purchased. But to sign something like just to get a signature on it, like get real. It is a bit much. So sorry. I didn't mean to hijack that whole conversation i just thought it was relevant yeah no it is and it's just it's shady business so let's dive into this first issue here what uh what stood out to you fellas i just really uh i love it was probably the opening like the drive that barbara has and like just her memory of the joker shooting her and you can clearly see her you know watching the news while she's running on a treadmill at the gym and like i don't know dude i like those like i said back to the nine panel grid where i just think it it flows with a story and it's trying to get every little detail in your mind as you're going through that and i don't know i really like i feel like batman in the in the beginning of this story is still he's kind of the same in the current in the current run of books to where he's just he doesn't say a whole lot and 
but I do kind of like the the pacing of this to where like kind of like what Mark was saying earlier this is this is like the detective stories that we, we've been missing from Batman where you can see them piecing this together and him and I loved when him and Barbara were talking on their headsets while he's talking to Jim Gordon and are you talking yeah. to me no I'm talking to her like Batman's <laughs> finally lost it who's he talking to right but no like I I felt that uh I feel like the star of the book real, for real right now is Barbara. I think Absolutely. She's carrying the pace of the story and uh, her tragedy is kind of, and, and, and Jason with Red Hood. Like, I feel like these are two characters that the Joker played pivotal parts in their, their overall story and narrative that I think that uh, they're really, uh, Jeff Johns is really using that in the background to motivate them to want to figure this out. And, you know, they're very cautious. So I, I guess that's my take. I think it really takes the Bat family to a different, a different level. So it really, I, I think, speaks to the trauma that Batman and, you know, his respected family go through to do this job. Like, Mark, you laid out earlier, like, the physical trauma, like, all the scars on his body. And mm -hmm. it really got me thinking about the scars on the mind that would Barbara want to put that costume back on, you know, after being brutally, you know, paralyzed, but then you know, as the story goes, potentially sexually assaulted. They but never it really definitively said whether she was or not was. Correct. It was only, it was, I think, strongly implied. Um, but I think what I was saying about taking the Bat family to a different level, I think it really contrasts Jason Todd and Barbara. Yeah. And Batman kind of alludes to this in the second issue, like where he kind of says a little bit more nonchalantly. I wish he was more like you when he's talking to Barbara. I just think it shows that Jason is a very damaged individual. Extremely. Mm -hmm. He's kind of always been a damaged individual, but he's just unpredictable. And Barbara, who has been through something, I would say just as bad, is resilient like no other character. Yeah. So I think it kind of speaks to Batman kind of having a loose cannon, <laughs> literally, in the Bat family, but then also some of the most resilient characters like Barbara. So I think it, it definitely speaks to Barbara's handling the Joker very differently than Jason is. Well, and I also think that you can't forget the fact that Barbara didn't die. So Jason died and was resurrected in the Lazarus pits. So I feel sure. that you're automatically going to be crazy. He was able to work through, really work through, and also becoming Oracle kind of uh, stripped away. With you know, she she had her her mind was able to go to be occupied with other things because she had operatives out in the field that she had to worry about. So that kind of took her mind off of, in a sense what happened to her, you know what I mean? Um, Jeff Johns has given us two sides, two ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. With Red Hood and with Batgirl. And what I also see, Rob, you said the Batman family, I've never, they ha ever have I seen them call each other by their first name so much as I have in this book. 
Yeah. Barbara, Bruce, Bruce, Barbara, Barbara, Bruce, Bruce, Barbara, Jason. You know, they say it like out loud, like her father could be listening. You know what I mean? They say it out loud. Hey, Bruce, hey, Barbara. Like, it's just like, don't, somebody's listening. That nobody knows, you know? And they also don't, although they've had traumatic experiences happen to them, they're not afraid to go after him. Yeah. Do you notice that? They're not, there's not like an ounce of fear that they just, they just go for it. And the, what stood out to me in the first book was towards the end where Red Hood is, is, is about to shoot the Joker and Barbara's like, put the gun down, put the gun down. And then he shoots him. Spoiler but, alerts. Spoiler alert. He shoots him, but Barbara throws a batarang at him and misses. And Jason's like, you know, you wanted this too. And she's like, no, I didn't. And he's like, he looked at her and he said, when was the last time you missed? And then they shot, they shoot over to the batarang in the, in the wall. Yeah. And she's well, she like, said, shut up, Jason. She's like, like, screw you, Jason. And she turns around and walks away. I guess the other thing is the Joker is such an iconic character that you almost forget the different aspects that they're playing out here right like the comedian the criminal criminal what was the third one the criminal the comedian and the clown criminals number one comedians number two clown is number three so i mean i think that this is such a such a multi-layered case that they're on and it's just so funny that they go back to the i mean these backstories a death in a family happened like what 30 years ago Killing joke happened 30 years ago, but these these tra- these traumas are so so prevalent in their life. You know what I mean? They they've they've done such a great job of keeping these stories that happened 30 years ago very much in the present. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's such a infamous character that you kind of forget how there are so many aspects to who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was mentioning that it's. You know, it's hard to get a grasp on him because he's so unpredictable. I mean, you can't get a grasp on him. You never know what he's going to do. But I was saying that he's not afraid to go after them. Yeah. I'm sorry, they're not not afraid to go after him. Yeah. It's just like they feel they're the only ones that can do it. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what book three has to offer. So excited. Do we know when that comes out? Uh, I believe this whole thing should have been out already. It, it got affected by COVID-19 just like everything else. So uh, I'm sure it'll be next month. So. Oh boy. Or, or, or this, or this month, October, the end of October. Oh, I hope it comes out soon. Well, do we have any other uh, news or uh, things to talk about? Like, on the calendar or anything i've got no new no news here i know we're uh, gonna be doing another <laughs> i know we'll be doing another clickstein um signing at the end of october yes looking forward to it bringing out his what was it the youth uh, the the music book right yeah the kids of wibbly high or something like that yep yep so uh we'll be doing that at the ogre the end of october so looking forward to talking with him a little bit so that'll be cool all right so for the we'll have to next show we'll have to you and i rob will have to reread hush and then maybe we can just do that do that review we'll do the little book club corner segment and then uh definitely listeners out there if you've got a favorite story arc that uh you want to recommend i think we should do that i also would really like the three of us to maybe possibly read the long halloween since, Ooh. since mark is on a uh, batman 
kick right now and that's right we're gonna be getting close to halloween here pretty soon so. that's well that'd be a great maybe so can, that's a 12 issue one in it maybe, oh boy maybe what we can do is we can do a how about we just do a live a live facebook show on halloween or something i don't know oh just not a bad idea there. just not a bad there. idea throwing it out there so yeah so who would win fellas i think uh you have to pick the next one there rich it, it is my turn and i'm going big and i'm i'm going the big bads thanos versus dark side rob you want to pull up our facebook and see what uh, i know we posed that to on our page to get some feedback from people um, I guess I'll go first. So I, I I highly recommend. Like I know that some some people don't think the Death Battle uh, YouTube channel is is that good, but I think they do an excellent job of laying the foundation of the characters. Um, they give detailed detailed backstories of each character, and then they just do battle. Um, I think that Thanos's backstory is very very interesting, and in how he was how he came to be. Uh, he's extremely powerful, extremely strong. I think they said he moved, what was it, Galactus's world engine or something like that, like just by himself and kept kept trying to please, uh, what was it, death. So he, you know, he had, he got the gauntlet, collected the stones. Dark side is really, on the dark side size, he's really, I think, really mysterious. Like he's borderline one of the creepiest villains I think that I've ever read. He's just so stoic and like, you can't like get a read on this guy. Um, the thing that is frightening to me is the fact that like, if you're fighting him, you're always fighting an avatar of him. Like his conscience is like, you're never going to be fighting the true dark side, which I think is extremely freaky. And um, I'm going to go and shocker, give the win to Darkseid because I feel that the biggest point is the gauntlet for Thanos only works in his universe. It doesn't work in any other universe. So Darkseid could just boom tube him somewhere on an eagle playing field. And even if Thanos defeats him, it's just the avatar. It's not the conscience of the consciousness of Darkseid. And Darkseid, I think that was really compelling in the death battle video was the fact that he teleported him to die <laughs> forever, basically. Um, so that's my take, Darkseid, for me. Who wants to go next? I mean, I'll go next. I I remember watching that death match video. Um, God, it was probably over a year ago. But it's pretty much just the it speaks to the complexity of the DC universe, like the multiverse type deal um, that you kind of have to play that whole dimension game. But it also speaks to how strong he is as a villain, how hard he is to defeat. Uh, I'm I'm obviously going to go with dark side as well. Um, It's interesting that you have such a potent villain in Thanos, but just a simple dimension shift and it's almost like he his big weapon is powerless. Yeah. So 
But, you know, when you're having these nerd battles, you know, those details matter. You know, I can remember, um, you know, the comic book men boys talking about what are the stakes with Hulk versus Superman? Like, you know, what's what's the specific location and Mm -hmm. what's the conditions here? You know, so I will have to give it to to Darkseid. But I wonder, even if Darkseid takes on Thanos in Thanos' universe and his dimension... He's never really I'm, there. His consciousness. Well, right. Like, how many different versions of Darkseid could he send to just take the gauntlet from him? You know? So, even with the gauntlet, I don't know. It's kind of like a infinity battle. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mazik. I don't know a whole lot about Darkseid. I didn't know that about Darkseid. Um, so that kind of makes it a little hard for me. But from what I know, I'm going with Thanos. Only because those stones give him such different amount of powers and give him such power over his different kind of reality and time and space. And so I, I would say right now, my I'm going with Darkseid. I'm not with um, Thanos. That was a Freudian slip of the tongue there. <laughs> a slip of the tongue, but I'm going with Thanos. All right, what's, uh, what, did, uh, what did our Facebook get us? Well, we... We really had, you know, just three comments, but 93 people reacted to it, but we didn't really get any solid votes. Mm. So Mr. Patterson, you know, said without Gauntlet, it would be a fair fight without Darkseid hands down. So so he's saying with the Gauntlet, it would be a fair fight, but without it, Darkseid? said without, without Gauntlet, it would be a fair fight without Darkseid hands down. So he's saying Darkseid would win without the Gauntlet. Okay. So I would I would venture to guess. I mean, Mr. Sean Patterson can speak for himself, but I would assume that he's maybe leaning the Thanos side with the gauntlet. So mm. we have to get Mr. Patterson on the show. Absolutely. So yep. But there was you know ninety three reactions, twenty eight engagements. Let me check my the... let me check my Facebook page because I think I started it there, and. Uh... I might have gotten a few comments on it. All right. I got seven comments. So I posted it from the Heroes Home Base page. It says, all right, who would win? Thanos versus Darkseid. Let the comment comment battle begin. And let's see. Mr. Doug, Dr. Doug, Darkseid. That's it. And Antoine, <laughs> and Antoine Bush actually pasted the link to the death battle. And then reply, I said, uh, yep, very good video. Antoine said, uh, Rich Wagner, a lot of times DC Marvel fights are in favor of DC because they're literally gods versus souped up humans. Uh, I said, I love the fact that Darkseid was created by Marvel man himself, Jack Kirby. And then Antoine said, Darkseid pulls Thanos into another dimension and the gauntlet and stones loses their power. The fact that his physical form is just an avatar is crazy. So I guess it was just a conversation between me and Antoine Bush. <laughs> I can't write. I don't know. So yeah. All right, man. So another good who would win segment. So the winner is dun, dun, dun. Dark, Dark Side. It's <laughs> all right. It's all right. I'll get you. I'll get you. So uh, uh, whose who's turn is it next time? Is it back in? It'll be me. It'll be you. All right. I will do a non-Batman <laughs> matchup. All right. I'll believe it when I see it. It'll be Alfred versus Pepper Potts. Ooh. <laughs> that's a good one. Pepper Potts don't stand a chance. All right. So for next show, we'll uh, 
we'll definitely get into that uh, kind of like that book club thing. I think that'll be really cool and uh, maybe put some really good recommendations in people's ears. And, you know, Christmas is coming here, man. If you need some trades, if you want to get some really good books, I think uh, we can do our part in recommending really, really good books. I mean, I think. I mean, yeah, you better go and get it because Mark's going to buy them all on his lunch break. So uh, <laughs> you better well, look out. I think that Mark is a perfect example of right now, like, people we're yearning for really good stories where yes for really, man really compelling books i mean the stories are out there it's just right now like the new stuff it's really exciting that this three jokers is really good and really intricate and it, it's 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 thought-provoking and we can hold a conversation about it so that that to me is exciting and hopefully more really good stories are going to be coming out of the comic book industry uh you know that that are going to be as compelling so I think Agreed. hopefully we're going to be getting what we've been lacking craving us and craving. Correct. So, um, so a uh, really good show guys. So until next time, this is rich. This is Mark. This is Rob. So my, uh, ending credits once again, um, the three of us really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. You know, you could be listening to a book on tape. You could be listening to the news. You could be listening to music. You could, be listening to countless things um so we appreciate you taking the time to listen to the three of us yammer on about the thing that we love so if you wouldn't mind subscribing liking us on your podcast app of choice um you know send us an email at here's home base at gmail um leave us a comment on facebook here's home base podcast uh, we really appreciate any feedback you have or any questions or again you know if there's any battle suggestions or thoughts that you have on you know the three jokers or things like that please don't hesitate we would love to have you as part of the conversation until next time take care Thank you for listening to this RMR production.